Are you struggling to hire diverse tech talent? After all, every organization in the world is now a tech company. And the ability to attract, hire, and retain tech talent from all backgrounds is critical to their success. Enter Hackajob, a reverse marketplace that actively vets engineers. We flip the traditional model on its head, meaning companies apply to engineers versus candidates applying to jobs, with companies getting an 85% response rate to candidates they reach out to, as well as exposure to tech talent that directly meets their organization's diversity objectives. Companies such as S&P Global, CarMax, and Sensor Tower are all using Hackajob. Why not join them? Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. Two guys just waiting around for a Frankie Goes to Hollywood reunion tour. What's up, kids? You are listening to the Chad and Cheese Podcast. I'm your co-host, Joel Relax Cheeseman. And this is Chad, hot for teacher so wash. And on this episode, LinkedIn goes deep. Just the tip. <laughs> Biden takes on AI and somewhere Jimmy Hoffa is smiling. Let's do this. Okay, listener, how can you help your employees become more productive? I have answers. How about automating manual and repetitive tasks, giving meaning to data, then allowing that data to actually drive decisions? And how about matching people to your jobs quicker? Well, wait, the Chad and Cheese has a new LLM? No, Cheeseman. I'm talking about text kernel. Ah, okay. That makes more sense. What I'm hearing is the groundbreaking concept of, wait for it, yeah, simplicity. <laughs> seriously, though, seriously. Text kernel cuts through the complexities like a tortilla chip through some hot nacho cheese. Oh, my God. Really? Nacho references already. Anyways, text uh-huh. kernel brings efficiency and productivity to your operations. Text kernel seamlessly unifies your tools and data to drive efficiencies and success. Text Kernel is creating new opportunities for your recruitment journey, kind of like adding guac to my barbacoa burrito. Oh my God. How about extracting meaningful insights from data? I mean, that that's something. Swiftly matching yeah. people with jobs, automating repetitive tasks. Who knew such advanced concepts were even possible in the land of human resources? Uh, we did, Chad. We did. Dude, wrap it up. I'm a little hungry. Imagine that. Uh, Okay, listener, get ready to use today's tech to drive efficiencies and productivity. Visit textkernel.com. That's T-E-X-T-K-E-R-N-E-L.com. Nachos. (laughs) Happy post-Halloween. Post-Halloween, what is Portugal Halloween like? Uh, It's not the same, but here it's not a door-to-door thing. Uh, The kids, we've got two schools that are here in our little little village of Cabanish. During Mm -hmm. lunch, they actually do like a little parade. 
downtown and they come into oh. the uh, the different cafes and restaurants and whatnot and then that's when they get candy and, and whatnot so that all the people that are there not they give them stuff well, that was really cool so uh, did, did you have did you have uh, some a uh, good flow of kids looking for uh full-size kit kats decent flow i'm curious do the do the kids pr- do a parade or is yeah. it the adults or the community the kids do a parade so the kids are just parading around the street okay yep. that's they, they come through the streets that's- they go do their thing from business to business instead of coming to your your door that's that's a fat tuesday for you a bunch of kids uh <laughs> asking for beads i mean candy margarita here you go it was fine here uh okay. it snowed it snowed which you know whatever really? that's a thing uh yeah so that meant that meant hot cider with plenty of uh jack daniels which you have plenty of in that yeah <laughs> you know jeremy six i got yeah. 17-year-old and a 14-year-old. Here's the breakdown. 17-year-old went to his girlfriend's house, did the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre outfit, nice. which was really good. He actually good had a him. real chainsaw with no chain on it. He really he went all out, <laughs> wore, wore a tie for the first time in his life, I think, had the fake blood. My oh, 14-year-old was too cool for school, didn't do anything, uh, which was kind of a bummer. And then the six-year-old, he was a Pokemon character. I don't even know. Went to his friend's house. Yeah, and the kids, the problem with six-year-olds, they they do an all-out sprint for like 30 minutes to as many houses oh, yeah. as they can. And then it's yes. like crash and burn. The last hour is like <laughs> kids throwing shoes at each other, candy at other people, tears. I'm going to sit down and melt down. And then it's like, fuck it. Let's go home. Uh, we do the whole thing with the with the candy at the door. Uh-huh. My wife, being the fun police, is like only take one, <laughs> and then we have t- a ton of candy left because everybody just oh, takes Canadians. one because they're scared to death. I guess, yeah, Canadians, yeah, yeah. Socialism on Halloween is always fun, but it was great. You know, it's <laughs> it's nice because I have a young kid. The older kids are are done, but I get to travel back in time and re-experience, you know, Halloween with a six-year-old. I had a new experience. Uh, we went to a Halloween party in Tavira. Julie and I went to, we dressed up as a goth couple, which I've never been in my life. Uh, and I wore, <laughs> uh, I painted my fingernails for the very first time. Have you ever had your fingernails painted? I can't say that I've had my fingernails painted. No. Well, I sounds... mean, being a girl dad, being a girl dad, a lot of dads have their, you know, their their, their girls okay. uh, paint their paint their fingernails, paint their toenails, that kind of okay. thing. And Emma was never really into that. She was soccer, softball, that kind of thing. So that never happened. So this is the first time I've ever had my fingernails painted, and I thought, oh, this is really cool, and it was it was good with the with the the uh, the costume. Uh, the next day, mm-hmm. it just bothered the shit out of me. I, I don't know why. It just it was it was so foreign and alien. <laughs> so anyway, we have cardboard Chad, we have Euro Chad, and now we have Goth Chad. Uh, I don't know. Not a keeper. Not I think keeper. it's. I think it's a it's a it's a foot a step too far in my opinion. A step too far in my opinion. Mine too. Well, we got Mine a lot of show to cover. So shout out. Excellent. I'm going to go straight into Halloween shout outs. This is for uh, shout outs to Halloween treats. That's right. Thanks to Elena. Abby and the Skill Scout team for sending Julie and I a Halloween movie night at home. I'm sure you got one too. Uh, an Amazon yep. gift card for a free movie rental. I thought that was that was really cool. They gave us a, they, we didn't get a trick. We got a treat. All right, all right, all right. Okay, uh, so I had an, another shout out, and then the, a news story crossed the desk, and, mm. and it got replaced. So okay. as, aside from family chat, I have two frame pictures in my office. Okay. One is an autographed uh, Larry Bird photo, and ah. the other is a signed Bobby Knight picture. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the general passed uh, last night. We're recording this on a Thursday. So as a kid from the Midwest uh, who was a teen hoops junkie, uh, Coach Knight was godlike for me. Uh-huh. Won a championship at Ohio State, uh, West Point, three national championships, uh, the last undefeated season for a, a major school. Uh, mm-hmm. Olympic gold medal when, when you know college kids actually played. He coached Jordan, Patrick Ewing, Charles Barkley, like all those guys from way back in the day. He has accolades. He he's got a resume. He's got a resume. Now it's complicated. It's complicated mm-hmm. uh, so. as many yes. many famous people's uh, resumes are. So minutes after the announcement, my dad calls me. Uh, he's holding back tears, asking if I had heard the news. Really impacted my dad, who's the same age as Bobby Knight. Yeah. My dad was a coach in Indiana, which mm-hmm. you and I all had. You and I both had coaches who thought they were Bobby Knight, who wanted <laughs> yeah. to be Bobby Knight. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a dying breed. We'll never see another one uh, like him again. One of the uh, first books I ever read that I remember was a, scene, a season on the brink uh, by, about the 83 season. If you haven't read that, uh, I recommend it. Mm-hmm. Again, he was a complicated personality, but for me, his attributes far outweighed uh, his negatives. His past players largely love him. He will be missed and impacted my life uh, in a big way. Shout out to the General Robert Montgomery Knight. Rest in peace. <laughs> oh, sounds like a Confederate general, Robert Montgomery Knight. I'm gonna. The next shout out is is almost a Cheeseman shout out. You're gonna love this because this is about uh, KFC. KFC rejections. So on the socials, I saw a screenshot (laughs) of a KFC job application rejection letter, which read like this, quote, thank Uh you for your application to Team KFC. We're clucking delighted. (laughs) You're keen to join the flock. However, at this moment in time, your skills aren't the secret recipe the colonel is looking for. But we'd love to hear from you again. Give us a cluck. If you would like to apply in the future, best best wishes, Team KFC Dublin, end quote, which was followed by the user's posted comment, quote, mm-hmm. getting a rejection email with multiple fried chicken related puns is a new low for me, end quote. Here we go. <laughs> Shout out to KFC. Uh, They do great on Twitter. Not so great on rejection letters. Oh, just give me a coupon for a a chicken little. (laughs) That's all I want. Just give me a coupon. You don't have to go through all the hoops. I want a bucket. Don't need all the hoops. Well, yeah, if you're going to throw in a bucket, (laughs) then uh, some biscuits and gravy too. Yeah. So my second shout out, last one. Uh, So rest in peace to the general. Rest in peace. Apparently, to WeWork. Uh, WeWork is planning to file for bankruptcy mm. as early as next week. They had uh, a net long-term debt of $2.9 billion and over $13 wow. billion in long-term leases as of June of this year. In case you missed it, WeWork was once valued at, two, at $47 billion uh, yeah. this back in 2019. Now, that number is well under $100 million. Meanwhile, a dozen large office leasing deals in Manhattan this week uh, ranging up to 250,000 square feet each, are nearing completion by the end of the year. Pundits say these deals show signs of recovery for the Manhattan office leasing market. The end of WeWork, the beginning of a new boom in commercial real estate. I think this may be another nail in the coffin of the work from home movement, unfortunately. Possibly. And uh, at this point, I don't know why. Uh, don't know why Adam Newman is not in leg irons, for God's sakes. Jesus, talk about stealing. He just got a ton of money from Andreessen. He's got a new startup. Like, it's just crazy. What fucking idiots. 
I mean, what idiots? Yeah. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> things that people do love is free stuff. That's right. T-shirts from JobGit. Oh, yeah. Beer from Aspen Tech Labs. Love those guys. Whiskey, two bottles of whiskey. One from Joel, one from me, mm-hmm. from Text Kernel. Yep. And if it's your birthday, kids, yep, I got one of these handy. Uh, it's oh, yeah. uh, rum with plum, right? So if you Ooh. go to chadcheese.com. <laughs> Slash free, register so you can prospectively win all of that. In the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. That's right. By the way, some of the names connected to this month's uh, winnings. Uh, Bourbon goes to Monica Evji, friend of the show. Saw her at uh, HR Tech. Uh, Beer goes to Nicole Adamson, uh, who I posted on LinkedIn. She texted back, this is the best text I've ever gotten in my life. (laughs) That's what we're doing here on the show. We're creating miracles and spreading love. Changing lives. And uh, and one of our uh, interview favorites, Andrea Durler, yes. won uh, the rum with plum. So it was her birthday. Uh, more birthdays from this week go out to Elizabeth Hill, <laughs> Dale Grand, Graham <laughs> Ferguson, Lewis Gleaner, Jarvis Carell, <laughs> David Roddy, David Yorg, <laughs> Eric Clemens, Ooh. Kayla Campbell, Libby Sartain, <laughs> and Shally Steckroll. Those are nice. our nice. Another trip around the sun for some fans of Chad and Cheese. A lot of Europeans in that list. A lot of Europeans on the list. Yeah, our events sponsored by Shaker Recruitment Marketing Kids. That's right, Shaker Recruitment Marketing. Wherever we go, the sex goes with us. That's right, the sex, (laughs) the sexiness of Shaker Recruitment Marketing. So I'm going to be at TA Tech in London, December 4th through the 6th. If you are in London, if you're close to London, if you're even, I don't know, contiguous states, I don't know, in Europe, you need to be in London at TA Tech. Uh, it's going to be a good few days. Go to chadcheese.com slash events. You can register there. I'm going to be emceeing with uh, Kirsty Kelly, and there are going to be a long list of people that uh, you want to sit down and listen to, not to mention have drinks with. So come see us, chadcheese.com slash events. Europeans love us. How much do they, they love do. us? Almost they as do. much as the Minnesotans, which brings us to an update Just. from Minneapolis. <laughs> That's right, kids. You know the European show. You remember the uh, mark- recruitment marketing show, uh, the Colt Brand series. We got a new one coming, Chad. Yes. It's the Chad and Cheese podcast, Does Data. We're partnering with Toby Dayton from LinkUp. Uh, these guys are producing just kick-ass, in-depth numbers around employment, what mm-hmm. the Fed is saying, what ADP is saying, et cetera. They got their own numbers. Wall Street's finest are tapped into this data. We're going to talk to Toby once a month, figure out what's going on, bring it to the people, give it in terms that everyone understands. And I, for one, am really excited because I watch CNBC and Bloomberg and some of these commentary (laughs) on the numbers is really confusing and I'm not quite sure I'm Googling stuff. I'm, Mm. I'm excited to have Toby on the show to kind of kind of straighten us out. And get us on a level playing field with some of Wall Street's finest. Yes. And, and just so that everybody knows out there, remember, we're on YouTube and this is going to be a YouTube exclusive. That's right. It's not going to come out mm-hmm. on the audio. We got way too much content that's happening there as it is. Plus, you want to see Toby and you want to see the charts and graphs that he's going, he's going to be uh, going over every single month. So as soon as the jobs data comes out, which is on a Friday, that next Monday, we're going to do the show so that next week you're going to get that wrap up of the Chad and Cheese Does Data with our friend Toby Date. Yep, that's youtube.com backslash at Chad Cheese. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. I'm excited, almost excited as Chad. Oh, 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 
my little fantasy football update. I'm moving up the charts, baby, and I'm excited. But here's our here's our leaderboard again. Factory Fix sponsors our addiction to fantasy football. Number one goes to again Michelle Obama Sargent. She is kicking ass. Killing Seven it. and one, I think, Fuck. is her record. Yeah, just killing it. Yes. Uh, number two, Marcy Malware. Number three, Joe Mason Dixon line. Number four, <laughs> Jasper the Friendly Ghost Banjart. Number Fucker. five, Dina Plum Promotion Pero. Dina got promoted at Plum uh, this week, so another uh, congratulatory Very uh, nice. message for her in that. Uh, yes, we are plumbed out today. If you're not watching on YouTube, uh, you got to check it out. Uh, following her is Dean Blizzard of Osner. That's yes. right. That's an Ozzy Osbourne reference. Number seven, King of the Jill Patterson. Number eight, Joel Osteen Cheesemond. Or Joel Ost- Osteen? Osteen. Osteen, yes. Osteen. Yeah. Number nine, Chad, not just a country in Africa, so wash. Number 10, Brent spiner Losey. Number 11, Dennis Tupper-Lake. Number 12, Kristen Urband in the USA. And that is... <laughs> leaderboard of of chad and cheese and that brings us to oh my god we got more playoffs that's right some layoffs this is a quick one because we're going to talk about on the european show next week so tune in for that but germany's uh stepstone announced this week that it was laying off roughly in quotes 215 employees or about five percent of the company's 4200 strong workforce uh stepstone a huge influential company there in Europe, so we will definitely talk about that. But that's a, that's a decent chunk of people whose it lives will be impacted. Those are layoffs. Topics. All right, let's get political. President Biden has issued an executive order aimed at addressing the threats posed by artificial intelligence. The order seeks to prevent the misuse of AI for developing destructive weapons and supercharged cyber attacks. It also calls on Congress to pass data privacy legislation. The executive order establishes regulations such as requiring AI companies to conduct safety tests and share the results with the federal government. Industry standards, including watermarks for AI-enabled products, were introduced to enhance transparency. Government agencies will implement changes in their use of AI with a focus on addressing racial bias and civil rights abuses. Chad, your thoughts on Biden's executive order? Yeah, so it's it's really interesting as I, I start go, going through it to glean it. And there's a lot been that's been written on this in, in a very short amount of time. I think we should we should bring some people on the regulatory side of the house in so we can start talking a little bit more about this. It seems like we're always talking about this, but it's it's important. Um, we're starting to catch up. I think slowly. To, to, to Europe, who's really been aggressive. I mean, they were back early this year, uh, starting to uh, starting to formulate what they wanted to do around AI and being able to create guardrails. Um, a, a couple of different uh, points in the executive order: uh, 7.3, which is strengthening AI and civil rights in the broader economy. So within the next year of the date of the order, um, they want to prevent unlawful discrimination from AI used for hiring. Uh, the Secretary of Labor shall publish guidance uh, for the federal contractors, which we actually talked about before. What was the easiest way to make sure that this shit starts happening, whether it's anything? I don't care if it's bias, it's AI with bias. You go after the federal, uh, the federal uh, contractors first because they're the ones taking uh, money from the federal government. They have higher standards that they have to meet, and it just makes sense. 
So that's that's one of the things that they're doing. But they're also looking at, which I thought was interesting and smart, increasing AI talent in the government. They actually are starting to put, to, to put together a plan uh, which will focus on uh, you know, we all say small government's good. Not everybody does. But in this case, we need more <laughs> boots on the ground, AI boots yeah. on the ground for government. Uh, so they're looking at actually trying to build uh, AI teams in all the different segments uh, of government. I, I think that is incredibly important and smart. And then as uh, the AP article says, we looked at social media and we allowed it to go unfettered, which fucked us. Mm-hmm. And it's it's continuing to, and we're starting to see, you know, mm-hmm. whether they're intended consequences or unintended consequences, it doesn't matter. There's still fucking consequences. Uh, we need yep. to try to skate to the puck on this one, right? We need to look around corners. We need to try to figure out how this can be best used and how... It could prospectively be used for evil. And uh, that was one of the things that that Biden was focused on. What can we do on the good side and how can we mm-hmm. protect against the bad, uh, deep fake kind of shit that will it will happen? The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Uh, someone once told me yeah. Um uh, I was interested. You mentioned some some pros and and comments. Uh, our, our buddy Ryan Steelberg, uh, at Baritone CEO and President, posted on LinkedIn, "quote President Biden's recent AI executive order marks a significant step towards a future where AI becomes inseparable from ethical and responsible considerations rather than just a technological advancement." You mm-hmm. talked about social media. You talked about. Uh, you should have talked about the internet. The internet forever long was <laughs> yes. like, let it go, yeah. baby. Yeah. Let it roll. Let it yeah. roll. See how the, the, the chips fall. Try to herd those fucking cats. Jesus. Obviously, obviously, you know, that was that was a difficult one. Now that the mm. internet's obviously more global uh, than just the US, and I feel that AI is is similar. Um yes. we're in a political we're in a political year, a year from this month we'll be electing a new president. Biden's favorables aren't great. Uh, he's he's entrenched in two wars. He's entrenched in some inflationary issues, and it's, so things are challenging. the The political cynic in me says, "What's the political reason to do this?" I think to take big tech to task. Google, look, that's who this is going to impact. Google, aw, like Amazon, Microsoft, and they've been under pressure in terms of free speech and red regulation. So I don't know if it's like a, a, a workaround with what he thinks the Republicans will do on big tech. I worry about how how much teeth this is going to have. You mentioned federal contracts. So there there is some precedent to say, hey, if you're doing if you're doing work with the federal government, these are regulations you're going to have to deal with. But I don't yeah. know, uh, do, is, is Congress going to finance this? Is Are they going to pass laws around this? Is there a new uh, department that's going to be created, the AI regulation department? The CEO from Workday was quoted as saying, like, this is going to be a tremendous amount of work, a cost to us to provide data and, <clears throat> and report back to the government. And you're going to hear that more and more. But smaller businesses, are they, are they sh- shielded from reporting like there's a lot of stuff to be worked out around this and at the end of the day china russia iran north korea do not have to abide by any of these regulations so that concerns me like are we going to hinder our development of ai while they run wild with it and innovate beyond what we're doing so i think it's a great first step i think it's some great bully pulpit uh setting the stage for what we should be and how we should be looking at ai I just think the devil's in the details on this. 
How is it going to be played out? Who's going to be put under uh, scrutiny of this? How are they going to report to it? What's it going to cost? Who's going to finance this? Who's going to actually police? Because in talks with our buddy Keith Sonderling at EEOC, if you don't have the money and the resources, uh, it's really hard to regulate and, and take people to tasks. And even if they do, you and I ongoing conversationally talk about, wow, that was that was coins in the couch cushions kind of mm-hmm. fees, right? So yeah. are there going to be real teeth around punishments around AI abuses? Are there going to be people in orange jumpsuits? These things all have to play out. I think the rhetoric was great. Everyone seems to kind of be behind it. I just think externally and the details around this are going to be really hard uh, to iron out. We're just going to have to wait to see see what it looks like. But it's a great first step. Yeah. I I think it's the the interesting thing is you talked about uh, Biden's favorability rating. Uh, the only ones lower are, are I think Trump's and uh, Congress. And Congress has the shittiest fucking favorability rating that's out there. We're, we're not entrenched in two wars. We are we are funding, but we're not actually losing American lives. Okay. So watch your rhetoric around that, if you would please. The, the, okay. the two segments of AI is incredibly important, and I think you're right. But I think these aren't the two things that happen together. First and foremost, uh, China is already creating uh, guardrails around their own AI for their own society, right? Uh, Now, for the other society, the way that they attack from a defensive and or from an offensive standpoint, they're going to have entirely different rules for that, right? And I think we will as well. So I don't think this is going to hamper us uh, at all. And all of those companies who are making record profits and they want to make more money off of AI... Well, these are the things that you have to do to ensure that, you know, it happens without having a Cambridge Analytica moment. I mean, these are all the things that we have to do to stay responsible. We can't just do this uh, in an unfettered way. So, yeah, I, I get it. Companies don't want to spend more money, but they want to make more money using the AI. Well, you're going to have to spend money to be able to make money. That's all there is to it. So I'll backtrack my entrenched uh, statement and say divided over two fronts, I guess. I'm curious politically, do you think there's a reason to do this politically? The AI piece? Yeah. To come out with a statement and to take sort of the lead role on regulations around AI. Do you think that was politically motivated or no? I don't think there is from a political standpoint. I think there is just from the standpoint of social responsibility. It's our responsibility and it's our government's responsibility to take care of the citizenry, which did not happen uh, on the social media side of the house or or the Internet side of the house. Right. We, We didn't look to try to get around the corners. We just thought, oh, wow, this is a really cool toy we get to play with. Yeah, I'm sure there are some political angles, but getting the president to do an executive order means it's incredibly important to him because he shouldn't be doing this. The Congress should be doing it. The problem is our Congress right now is in total, complete disarray. Yeah. I mean, we're just now starting to talk about social media and yeah. regulating kids and it's 15 years hence of social media and I'm well, yeah. even longer than that. But so how long is this going to take? Jeez. And, and based know, on what I'm hearing in terms of how fast AI will ramp up in terms of being smarter and smarter and smarter, I don't know if government can keep up. It'll be interesting, interesting to watch. Yeah. Well, and we also had one a Google executive said that uh, a general AI is within five years, which is fucking crazy because we're talking about sentient AI, right? The, the the generative AI that we're we're dealing with right now, nothing, mm-hmm. nothing compared to what general AI is going to look like. Be afraid, be very afraid. Well, from one 
AI bully to another. I don't know if that was the right uh, transition or not, but let's talk about LinkedIn. Uh, They're launching a new hiring integration called CRM Connect, set to be available in early 2024. This integration connects LinkedIn Recruiter with candidate relationship management systems to simplify and streamline the recruiting process. It allows for sharing of data between these systems while respecting LinkedIn's members' data privacy settings, or so they say. The integration is launching with partners like Aperture, Emory, Clinch, your favorite eightfold, Jobbyte, and Radency, enhancing efficiency for LinkedIn recruiter seat holders who use these particular CRMs. CRM Connect promises to reduce the time spent switching between systems, provide recruiters with accurate and up-to-date candidate insights, and improve the ability to nurture candidates effectively by centralizing the information. Chad, this is not just the tip. This is LinkedIn going deep. Just <laughs> what are your thoughts? It, it seemed interesting just from a, a connectivity standpoint, but it, what's the best way, as the, they say in the article, to, quote, reduce time switching across systems? What's the best way to do that? The best way is to become the fucking system. So I don't think this is a technical <laughs> exercise with partners because it feels more like an audition Seriously, we all know that LinkedIn is like crack for for recruiters. So build out the the CRM functionality or just acquire one that you've already connected with so that you can expand wallet share for a more robust offering. So while auditioning, keep your competition close, pull in their massive data sets, and maybe even unleash a little open AI to the data to better understand aggregate recruiter uh, behaviors, messaging, and anything else that you think the the LLMs might be able to dig into. So no, I don't believe this is purely about connecting to Avature, Beamery, Clinch, Jobvite, in radency, I think this is an audition, and I and I do have mm. a, a, a funny follow up here. I was uh, I was speaking to a friend of mine about this to, to see what they thought about it, and and they had one comment: "Quote, eightfold is the Theranos of talent acquisition and a complete laughing stock. Plus, Beamery has no future ahead." End quote. So apparently they don't think Eightfold <laughs> or Beamery have a chance in hell in making the, the, the LinkedIn Microsoft team through this audition. Uh-huh. 60% of the time it works every time. So you think this is audition for an acquisition? Yes. Essentially. Okay. All yeah. right. Uh, I'll, I'll take that a little bit, but spin it in this way. LinkedIn's new CRM Connect product uh, is both defensive and offensive. It's defensive because they see CRMs as a threat to attention mm. and thus a competitor to their business uh, that wants you to be on LinkedIn all the time. They want to keep you there, making all your CRM data available, and LinkedIn accomplishes that. To me, that's a no-brainer. They should have done that a long time ago. However, I do think this is offensive. You think it's an audition. I think it may be just a straight-up theft uh, that we're looking at. Like, <laughs> Remember... Remember the API playbook. Give third parties access to your platform, mm-hmm. learn all about them, then shut them down launch a, by launching a competing product. LinkedIn used to make access to profiles pretty easy. Then they throttled it. Then they killed it. Then companies like HiQ, who wanted to scrape the data, got sued into oblivion. Um, if you think the same thing or something similar isn't happening here, then I've got a bridge in Brooklyn uh, that I'd like to sell you. Partner with LinkedIn. LinkedIn at your own risk. Buy is definitely an option, but so is 
let's just make it ourselves once we understand what customers want, what they're using, what they search for. Like you're going to you're going to open the kimono, LinkedIn's going to get a good view and they're going to crush you. Or at least that's the the playbook I think. I just don't think. I mean, we just saw LinkedIn, they just they just had a layoff, right? So they're starting to they're starting to come down. I think from a resource standpoint, especially when you're the size of LinkedIn, you don't build something like this, right? You go ahead and you see much like marketplaces that we talk about with applicant tracking systems, you see which ones work the best, which ones get the best traction and the best uh, the best data flow that you can have back and forth. I think this is a pure audition for an acquisition play, but I agree. There's definitely an offensive defensive mode that's here. Uh, I think to me, when they put this article out and I was reading it, I'm like, I'm reading between the lines. There's a lot not being said. Did it surprise you as much as it did me that seek out in some form or fashion was not included in this integration? No, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. That is a very good point, especially when it comes to uh, the data and the tech and obviously a new relationship. Yeah. The Anoop's connection with Microsoft. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that bodes well for Seek Out, but either way, LinkedIn is dangerous and beware, beware kids. We'll be right back. It's crack. Human resources is supposed to be about humans. I mean, it's right there in the name, but when your hiring team is more like an assembly line glued to their computers, manually posting heaps of jobs everywhere they can think of, that human part feels nowhere to be found. This is a new era. Pando IQ takes the mind-numbing copy-pasting and nerve-wracking guesswork out of the job posting process. When you plan a hiring campaign with Pando IQ, you tell us who you need. Then, before you ever spend a cent, we predict what it will cost to find them. Pando IQ chooses the ideal recruiting sites from thousands of options, targeting the ones your next great hire frequently visits, then fires off your ads at precisely calculated times surfacing the most relevant applicants for you to pick from. Now you're free to get to know the best talent, build great teams, and take care of your humans. Pando IQ will do the rest, so you can get back to doing what the computers can't. For more information on Pando IQ, go to pandologic.com. That's pandologic.com. Chad, how about a game of Who'd You Rather? Yes. You know how we play the game, kids. We talk about two companies that have recently gotten funding. And then Chad and I will tell you who we'd rather. Well, in this first corner, we have Miami-based Traba. They've secured $22 million in funding and a round led by Peter Thiel's Founders Fund. Many of you will know the name Peter Thiel, and if not, go watch The Social Network. Traba mm-hmm. focuses on the light industrial staffing sector and focuses on challenges like outdated processes and low fill rates. They report a 99% fill rate and less than a day to fill open positions with above minimum wage average pay. The latest investment brings total funding to $43.6 million and positions the company for nationwide expansion. They employ 75 people. And in the opposing corner, Yurko, an Indianapolis-based startup, has secured $2 million in seed funding. The round was led by Ground Game Ventures with Ground Game Ventures managing partner and friend of the pod, Amon Brar, joining Yurko's board of directors. Yurko offers a text messaging platform for employers to communicate with non-desk employees, such as those without work-related email accounts. The funding will be used to hire engineering and marketing staff. They employ 10 
people. So, Chad, I love a good David versus Goliath. Who'd you rather? So, who'd you rather between Yurko and Traba? So Traba feels like a localized model of factory fix. Obviously, they're going to expand out nationwide, but they feel, they, they feel kind of factory fix-ish. Um, mm-hmm. And you know how much we love the boys over at factory fix. So trying to fill light industrial roles quickly can be performed faster than using staffing agencies. And I think that that is is the big key. And that's their their, their big market advantage. Um, Yorco is a very, very young company, no question. Um, but at this yep. point, they're nothing more than just a basic platform feature. They're not a business. Uh, communication is big, but this is one aspect of a platform that needs to wrap into technology like a Traba or Factory Fix, which connects you to your current staff and or the external marketplace. So I see companies like Traba and Factory Fix are the future of staffing because, as I said earlier, it's about speed of identifying, notifying, and filling shifts, which is why I would Traba all day. What are you doing, step bro? All right. So this is almost a who'd you rather between Peter Thiel and Amon Brar, uh, who we who we love, by the way. <laughs> I, I would not go that far because I would have picked Amon. P- Peter, Peter Thiel has companies like Facebook, PayPal, Stripe, yeah. Reddit, Quora, uh, and the like in his portfolio. So that's pretty tough. That's a little bit of money. To, to go against. Uh, Amon is great at bootstrapping companies and then flipping them for 10x for a reasonable amount, a la his company Canvas, who was acquired by Jawbyte. So mm-hmm. while I think they're both going to be winners, uh, and I I want to go with the home team from Indianapolis, uh, I think if I want to make a billion dollars, I'm going to go with Teal. Uh, if I want to make $25 million, I'm going to go with Amon. So while I'd rather both of them, I think that the money, the money, Chad, is going to win out. And I'm going to go with Traba. All right, that is another episode of Who'd You Rather? Now let's get into some union news. The United Auto Workers, or the UAW as the kids call them, have struck a deal with Detroit automakers. The agreement includes significant benefits for UAW members, such as a 25% compounded raise over four and a half years, increased 401k company contributions, and enhanced profit-sharing bonuses. The contracts also include an immediate 11% raise and massive pay increase for those lowest-paid workers. Temps hired this year, for example, will see a 150% wage increase over the four and a half years of the contract. This is happening in light of recent news around pay transparency laws saying the growth of advertised wages for new hires is slowing and even reversing with some companies now posting lower pay ranges and around 30 to 40 percent of employers not complying with laws requiring salary ranges at all. Chad, what are your thoughts on the news from Detroit and the pay transparency update? So I really feel like it's finally the time of the worker. Oh, do you? I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window Open it and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. (laughs) 
So we've endured four decades of bullshit economic policies where the dollar stayed in the ivory tower and didn't trickle down. We have assholes like Josh Burson and Johnny Taylor driving anti-work sentiment, saying companies will go out of business as the the C-suite and their boards buy more vacation homes and yachts and their compensation grows by 1,500% compared to the people on the front fucking lines actually doing the work getting 18%. So the UAW is striking a narrative that is counter to the pull yourself up by your bootstraps narrative that we got suckered into back in the Gen X days Mm -hmm. because it's fucking hard to pull yourself up by your bootstraps when you can't afford fucking boots. We're also seeing, which is really cool, outside of GM, Ford, and Stellantis, that Kaiser Permanente, CVS, Walgreens, Mack Trucks, um, they're all starting to strike as well because they're seeing what is happening here. And that, again, they're mad as hell and they're not going to take it anymore. That to me is exciting. Um, on the pay transparency side of the house, I, I watched I watched the interview and I read some of the articles around this and they're talking about, oh, pay yeah. transparency isn't working. No, dumbasses. Companies <laughs> companies are just pulling down. It's, it's a negotiation thing, right? It's kind of like a person yeah. said, oh, yes, I would like to have a four-day work week. Well, yeah, asshole. It was a part of the negotiation, something that you can actually pull off the table, right? If you put uh-huh. the salary up at the level you're actually paying people right now, that's the starting point. So what do they do? They bring it down so that the starting point is down. Um, So yeah, I mean, all of this is literally just a mirage. And for all of you idiots that are out there that don't understand how to negotiate, this is going to be really surprising for you. For all of us who understand Mm -hmm. business and we've been doing this for fucking years, guess what? It's it seems normal. All right, all right, all right. I'm shocked, Chad. (laughs) I'm shocked that they got this done. Uh, When we first touched on this months ago, I said they're a paper tiger. They're going to move jobs to Mexico. They're going to automate everything. I am impressed and shocked that this got done. Mm -hmm. Big win for workers. Big big win for labor. Holy shit. Yes. Um, you're going to see more unionization. You're going to see uh, stress from Tesla workers and uh, right to work states want to unionize yes. or they'll just fucking go to, to Detroit. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. if you want to see an increase in, in applications uh, to the big three of talented people, this is it. This is incredible news for unions, for workers that have been getting kicked in the nuts proverbially, uh, for decades. It's a big win for Joe Biden. I said early on when Joe Biden went to go visit, I said, look, both of these candidates uh, need to try to, you know, elbow their way into getting this deal done. You know, Trump went to a non-union shop. Biden went to (laughs) Detroit and, you know, picketed for, I don't know, 28 seconds or something. But at least he was there and the photo op was great. He can claim victory. He's going to be on the campaign trail in these swing states like Michigan, talking about union wages and mm-hmm. the, the rise of unions and the common man and the working man and woman. Right. So big win for Joe Biden uh, and the Democrats, in my mind. Loss for Tesla. They're going to have a hard time uh, keeping unions at bay, I think. Obviously, some shareholders will probably take it with greater salaries, expenses. We'll see how that goes. Uh, So far, early on, uh, stock prices haven't declined much. So Wall Street, for the most part, is okay with what's going on, or at least priced it in. But I'm ultimately just shocked 
that this happened. And it, it proves once again, like if you have leverage, you can get this shit done. If you're UPS and people need their packages, if you're making cars and, and people want to drive new cars, mm-hmm. then you can you can get the the sale that you want. But before you strike and do all this stuff, have leverage and have the numbers to do it. They did this really strategically. Yes. They rolled out the they rolled out the the closings of plants. They tighten the screws, you know, more and more kind of slowly. It was just brilliant. I I am super impressed with the union leadership. I think they totally stuck it to leadership of these companies. The workers won. Uh, If you're a Democrat, you're happy today about Joe Biden's prospects of being president. Like, I'm surprised. I'm shocked. The the Senate, the only cynic in me is that the car company said, okay, well, it'll take us five to seven years to automate. It'll take us that long to get to Mexico. Let's just give them what they want now. Uh, and have a have sort of a slow roll into oblivion, uh, but let's make them happy today. But until that happens, this is a huge victory for unions. Uh, the trade pay transparency thing. Look, if you're an employer, it is a good thing to put salary ranges in your job postings. Like yeah. you get better applicants, you get more yes. applicants. They their retention at showing is better. Like oh, yeah. just fucking that's it's just so stupid. I know um, what we're seeing in, in pay transparency. Companies just need to suck it up and and do it. Uh, if you're not going to do it, Indeed is going to do it for you anyway. So you might as well fucking get on board uh, with pay transparency. <laughs> but totally impressed with the union. I'm blown away yeah. that they got this done. Good for them. I, and I got to tell you that Sean Fain, who literally took that position because the 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 other guys got put in jail and there's more transparency around the UAW today. And it has to be. I think this is like a new movement for uh, collective bargaining and and unions and hope to see this move through. And uh, again, you, you mentioned Tesla. Mm-hmm. There there are so many industries that are out there today who really need representation because the little guy is getting battered left and right. So yes, this is I think this is a very big win. And I'm I'm excited uh, for not just those workers, but workers throughout the entire United States. Big big applause for the union union there in Detroit. Very well done. Very well done. Let's take another break. Talk about OnlyFans for the first time on the show. (laughs) Just kidding. We'll be right back, everybody. Are you struggling to attract the talent you need today? Do you lack visibility into where your recruitment ad dollars are really going? There's a better way. Acquire ROI is a programmatic job advertising platform built to optimize your budget and supercharge hiring. Acquire ROI automatically manages and measures recruitment ads across job boards so you can allocate your budget based on insights, not hunches. Get to quality candidates faster and cost-effectively scale hiring across roles, all while gaining complete visibility and control over your recruitment marketing investments. Say goodbye to manual guesswork, inconsistent performance, and wasted spending. And hello to optimized automated campaigns that produce qualified applicants. At Acquire ROI, we make job advertising easy. Visit us at acquireroi.com and start transforming your talent acquisition today. All right, Chad, how about a little OnlyFans news? Imagine that. That's right. Megan Gaither, an English teacher and varsity cheerleading coach at St. Clair High School in Missouri, was put on leave after it was revealed that she was selling explicit content on OnlyFans to supplement her income. Gaither, 31, 
cited financial struggles and the need to repay over $125,000 in student loans as the reasons for her moonlighting job. Her total income last year, including a coaching stipend, was about $47,500. Gaither said she had deactivated her OnlyFans account after a student left a note under her classroom door hinting that they knew about her secret. Her colleague, Brianna Coppage, a former teacher at the same school, resigned after it was discovered that she was running an OnlyFans page with her husband, Chad. More OnlyFans drama. What are your thoughts on the latest? So I, I automatically thought of Van Halen's Hot for Teacher, the, the video, when I started reading this. Because, <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, do you know how much more attentive I would have been in class as a teenager with, with these teachers? That, Just the teen. Yeah. But seriously, <laughs> What did those ladies do that was illegal? Nothing. Then, then why are school systems allowed to fire them or or push them into actually quitting? If I'm not doing something illegal, then you can just fuck off. Plus, did it hamper the teacher's performance? Uh, it's amazing how we shame women for doing things that are not illegal or we make them illegal. Like, I don't know, healthcare choices for their own damn body. <laughs> if I were them, I would sue the pants off of these uh, these uh, school systems. See what I did there? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I like that. That's good. That's good. That's, that's not I don't get too it, bad, dude. Chad. I just don't get it. They don't make a lot of money. <laughs> well, we finally found the, the, the killer, the, the, the killer app for OnlyFans that's going to put it under is Joe Biden's uh, student loan forgiveness. That's going to put OnlyFans out of business if all these student loans <laughs> – uh, good excuse. I'm Doubtful. just kidding. I'm just kidding. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, so let's go. Let's go back to last week's uh, Clona.ai, uh, Riley yes. Reed's new venture. By the way, I reached out yes. to Riley Reed's people for an interview. Uh, we'll see if they reply. So far, it's crickets. Uh, so so Riley, that. call us. Good call one. me, Riley. Anyway, I think OnlyFans is going to be disrupted by cheaper, naughtier options like Clona. I really don't AI. think we're going to be talking about OnlyFans in ten years in the way that we are today. AI is going to take this over. VR is going to be a thing. Body suits with, you know, vibrating condoms. Who knows what the future holds, but it's not good for OnlyFans unless they make some serious acquisitions. But the girlfriend experience is coming and it's not in the form of uh, teachers moonlighting uh, with booby pictures. Second thing is, can we start paying <laughs> teachers like the rock stars uh, that they are? Look, That'd it's an great. election yeah. year. I want to hear some governors talking about six-figure salaries for entry-level teachers. That's what I want to hear. You yeah. want to see states? Yeah. You want to see states start outperforming every other state? You want to see kids from all backgrounds start to outperform their peers? You want to see mm -hmm. best of the best college grads go into teaching? We'll start paying them like the badasses that they are, and that's yeah. why Chad and I are running as co-governor. In the state of Indiana this fall. That's right, oh, kids. Vote, vote Chad and Cheese. Vote Chad and Cheese. We're voting. <laughs> we're running for co-governor of Indiana. Oh, my God. Coach Knight, rest in peace. We, we out. Wow. Look at you. You made it through an entire episode of the Chad and Cheese podcast. Or maybe you cheated and fast-forwarded to the end. Either way, there's no doubt you wish you had that time back. Valuable time you could have used to buy a nutritious meal at Taco Bell, enjoy a pour of your favorite whiskey, or just watch big booty Latinas and bug fights on TikTok. No, you hung out with these two chuggleheads instead. Now go take a shower and wash off all the guilt. 
but save some soap, because you'll be back. Like an awful train wreck, you can't look away. And like Chad's favorite western, you can't quit them either. We out. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.